0: paddling adventures radio i'm sean roley and with me
1: is derek special hey, hello what's happening derek not much man it's uh, oh, I'm so busy with work but uh, it's i do have about I, the work it is right now it is i do have news though yeah so i got word back from uh johnny's boat shop and uh they gave me a quote took him a while he says well you know it was hunting season and oh yeah y- yada 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 so it's like hey whatever i don't care i don't need it till spring so take as long as you want
0: Anyways, so did they you, came back with a call. did you say quote. which
1: spring? <laughs> no.
0: He didn't. Oh, oh, 2024? 2025.
1: 2025? <laughs> this guy's a great customer. Yeah. He's, he's 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 not good with responding to emails. Because I I responded back to him. I said, "Well, I want to make sure you saw all the issues because my canoe has a lot of issues." He never responded after about 3 days, and I said, "Fine. Just fix it. Do I'll I'll, I'll pay your price. I'll fix it for me. I want to Basically, I want my canoe to be new again. Mm-hmm. And uh still hasn't responded, so I don't know. I, assume, I think he's fixing it. <laughs> I haven't heard back from him. <laughs> I hope so. Be nice. So it's going to be like about 950 bucks. I don't know if that's yeah. good or bad, but there's a lot of work. To well, do there's a it. hole in it. There scratches there's scratches all over the bottom. multiple holes in it. <laughs> so your other yeah.
0: option would be to buy a new canoe? Which would be thirty five hundred bucks. So nine hundred bucks yeah. is mm-hmm. fairly decent price, yeah. I'd say. Right?
1: Yeah, it's about uh, it's about the price I paid when I bought it new. Nine hundred bucks. Yeah. <laughs> I paid a thousand for it when I bought it new. <laughs> oh, geez, you got ripped off. My first
0: canoe was only seven hundred dollars <laughs> and twelve cents.
1: <laughs> it was twenty years ago. Ah, <laughs> oh, the good yeah. old days. I know. I know. But theoretically, it'll be like a new boat in the spring. I assume he's going to gel coat it and fresh coat of paint and all that, whatever you need to do. He says he's going to fix, I'm getting a new yoke, and there's a whole bunch of stuff he's doing. But it's a a refresh, stem to stern. Awesome. So theoretically, it'll only have one hole in it when i get it back the big top one yeah where you sit in yes (laughs) where everybody climbs (laughs) in the (laughs) hole you're supposed to keep facing (laughs) upwards exactly it'll be glorious glorious. (laughs) Ah. and then then i'll have to be careful with it again because i stopped until you get that first i stopped being careful with it because it was getting to be such rough shape well i took it on the meanest link and i just hammered it around it's like most of the most of the current damage, where there's actual holes in it, were from the Minus Link. So I wasn't nice to it. I thought I'm getting a new one. <laughs> I don't care. You never <laughs> say that until you get the new one. I know. I know. Anyways, I'm getting a new one in the spring because this one will be new. There you go. New. Yeah. Newish. Yeah. New-ish. newish. Newish. A refresh. It's a new and a refurbish. I should have weighed it before I gave it to him. Why? I want to know what its weight is. Well, it's. It was about 42 pounds when I first got it. Uh-huh. And there's modifications, this, that, the other thing. So I'm, I'm going to guess it's about 44 pounds in its current configuration, 44 to 45. So we'll see what it's like in the spring. 45 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Point six. Because I, one of the air chambers on one end, because again, I thought I was, you know, throwing it out. I, uh, it's like I, when we were canoe pulling. Mm-hmm. I jammed one of the canoe poles through the air chamber <sighs> so it had a hole in it. And uh so it was cracked and it had a hole in it. So it's like I know how to fix this. <laughs> Low expansion foam. <laughs> so I wonder if he's going to scoop all that out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Or it, he'll just seal it in. He'll probably just seal it in. Yeah. It'll make sense just to seal it in. Eh. <laughs>
0: But realistically if, if your canoe's two pounds heavier, is that gonna make a big difference? No,
1: no. I'm just curious yeah. how much his patchwork is gonna add to it. Because there's the gel coat will add a bit. Uh the uh the fiberglass on the keel and the uh and the side, there's gonna be a patch, so it's probably gonna gain a few pounds. We'll,
0: well see. Well, we all do when we get older. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So Ah, awesome. Something to look forward to. In this, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. Good. Yeah, I've got to take my Osprey in and get the there's little ding in the front. hmm And uh, I've been contemplating telling to take the wood off and put some composite. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Or some yeah. aluminum mm-hmm. around the edge. Yeah. The wood's just...
1: Yeah. Too many years of being banged and Mine has and aluminum gunnels, and I, I like it because you can... Like, there's the... the uh, powder coats kind of whatever you call the paint on it is is scraped off a little bit but they're like new yeah like there's just just light scuffs on them well when
0: you bang the front end on a portage or something whoop-de-doo but yeah. wood exactly chips and cracks exactly and it really
1: looks harsh after yeah. a couple of years you have to varnish it or something yeah with with aluminum it's like yeah whatever I've had this 10 15 I think now. oh yeah
0: that's yeah, been a while I've had this one mm. right now so
1: oh well Yay.
0: Get them all fixed. Mm-hmm. We got all winter to get them ready how to, exciting. for spring. Um came across a few I, I seem to be on a scientific kick this week. Uh how did the people come from Europe Asia to North America?
1: So I I read They here. swam. <laughs> Well, the theory being at back in the day was that with their during the ice age there was an ice bridge they came right. across from uh, came across onto Alaska and then migrated south over eons and mm-hmm. and so but uh, yeah it's, I hadn't really thought about the possibility of what you found.
0: Well, I was always taught the
1: ice bridge.
0: Yeah. Apparently, other people were being taught that they paddled across. Yeah. It's interesting. So the new theory, along with the uh, paleoclimate reconstructions of the Pacific Northwest, hint that sea ice may have been the one way for people to move farther south. Using climate proxies in ocean sediment from the coast, researchers reconstructed ocean temperatures, salinity, and sea ice cover. And the study concludes early Americans may have used the sea ice highway to get around and hunt marine mammals, slowly making their way into North America in the process. That's what I always learned. Apparently, there was another theory going around I never knew about Mm. that apparently they paddled over. I had never heard that one.
1: I've never heard that. Me neither.
0: That's why sort of this one took me, uh, you know, they they were saying, did they paddle or did they walk? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, they walked, didn't they? Maybe they just took a run and then when they hit the ice they just slid straight across. <laughs> One of the hottest debates in archaeology is how and when humans first arrived in North America. Oh, those archaeologists and their debates, I know, right? I know, right. The hottest debates.
1: Archaeologists <laughs> have traditionally
0: argued that people walked through an ice-free corridor that briefly opened between ice sheets an estimated 13,000 years ago.
1: And see, I thought the so. Bridge that's even different. Yeah, that's a third option.
0: Yes. That the yeah.
1: ice bridge actually wasn't an ice bridge, it was, it was a land bridge. Because my impression of what it was was early uh, indigenous peoples, uh, whatever it, they came across during the ice age when there was, it was fully covered in ice, mm-hmm. so there was no open water. They migrated and walked across because it's not that far from point to point. Uh, from Russia to, to Alaska. Alaska, yeah. And then with, just with, uh, over time, they migrated south to more temperate climates, climates yeah. where they could hunt animals and stuff, right? Yeah, down the coast into, mm-hmm. you know, and eventually they, and... Yeah, and eventually they became agricultural and started planting crops. And, mm-hmm. and then as the ice receded, they moved north, and that's when they ended up in northern Canada and back in Alaska again. Trying to go back too late this time, man. Yeah. A growing number of archaeological and genetic finds
0: suggest that people made their way onto the continent much earlier than 13,000 years ago, which would mean these early Americans traveled along the Pacific coastline when it was full of ice. So, did my history teacher know something these guys didn't?
1: Because mm-hmm.
0: this is what I was told. To examine the idea of an ice highway, researchers in the U.S. Geological Survey looked at climate proxies in ocean sediment from the coast. Most of the data came back uh, from tiny fossilized plankton. The abundance and chemistry of these organisms help reconstruct ocean temperatures, salinity, and sea ice cover. And according to climate models ocean currents were more than twice the strength they are today during the height of the last glacial maximum around 20,000 years ago due to glacial winds and lower sea levels. While not impossible to paddle against, these conditions would have made traveling by boat very difficult. However, the records also showed that much of the area was... Home to winter sea ice until around 15,000 years ago. Plus, Okay, you know what? If you're in a kayak or something, you're zipping across. Mm-hmm. Like, you got a whole family. And they're saying these currents were much more difficult than now. Heavier
1: currents, high your...
0: winds. Because I've never heard of, like, bigger boats coming across. No, near their right. way. As a cold... Uh, Adapted people, rather than having to paddle against this horrible glacial current, maybe they were using the sea ice as a platform, said lead researcher Summer Pretorius. The climate data suggests conditions along the coastal route may have been conducive to migration between 24,500 and 22,000 years ago, and 16,400 and 14,800 years ago possibly aided by the presence of winter sea ice. Hmm. While proving that people were using ice, to, sea ice to travel will be tricky given most of the archaeological sites are underwater.
1: That's interesting, too, because of the glacier. Like, I've seen lots of reports on this, too, is, like, they estimate that sea levels, worldwide sea levels, were 400 feet lower than current levels. Which would be great for that land bridge. Yes, it would be right? great for the land bridge. Except in winter when it was an ice bridge. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and imagine how salty that the oceans would have been because uh, it, it, the the water that evaporates is fresh water and then it lands and becomes snow, becomes ice, become multi-year ice. And then so you get a heavier salty brine in the oceans. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Eh? And, and all these archaeological sites were a lot of these... People would have gathered, fished, and had villages. It yeah. would be under 400 feet of water.
0: Right? Uh, the sea ice highway isn't mutually exclusive with other human migrations further down the line, says Pretorius. The team's models show that the Alaskan current had calmed down by 14,000 years ago, making it easier for people to travel by boat along the coast. Nothing is off the table, Pretoria says. We will always be surprised by ancient human ingenuity.
1: What's some of the oldest boats that have been found? Because right now we're Thousands in the range of 3,000 to 6,000, I thought. Yeah. I don't, have they found anything older than that? I don't know that anything would last. Well, can we not talk about a 10,000-year-old boat at one point? I can't remember.
0: Yeah. But not north. No, no, everything has been south,
1: yeah, it's all nothing, yeah. nobody's found anything really much further north than well, the because it's still the 45th under the ice. parallel yeah, because it would yeah. have been all ice, yeah, hmm
0: now, having said, and I never I couldn't find the article again, but you know, uh lake Huron, like I say, it looks like the trapper with the yep. backpack on, yeah, so from Tobomori, you head north on the Chichimon ferry, yep, right to Manitoulin Island, yep. There's a, it looks like there's a big hump there between the two. Okay. Now they're saying that they have found evidence of,
1: um, ancient villages. Underwater. Underwater. I've heard that. Yeah. Fire rings and the, the round outlines of what would have been huts. Yeah. Like
0: big time under the water there. Yeah. I've heard about that.
1: Yeah. I just saw a quick, uh,
0: article about that, but I don't know that I would go for the, they paddled across from Russia
1: yeah i don't know 20,000 years know. ago like you're bringing a lot of like you're bringing your village with you you're traveling yeah. and you're you're dragging like uh animal skins and and long poles for your your houses your huts i don't know unless they built oh, igloos the gear back then right? i don't know but you would have had if you're moving a family you're not okay you guys walk i'm gonna paddle <laughs> But I'm sure that went over well. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm not sure about, maybe hunters would come across singularly and, and discover or, it and then go back and say, yeah, when- Yeah, like a hunting party or something would go and across. And, and discover and, it and maybe get trapped over there. Or maybe they'd go back and mm-hmm. bring their village. Hey, there's good hunting. Huntin', because that's what they're doing. They're following, they're following the migration the of the game animals, right? Yeah. And that that's
0: what my history teachers always taught. Mm-hmm. Right, so now now they're trying to change it up. <laughs> Who added canoes into this? <laughs> Kayaks and paddle crafting. I know. They all got on their stand up paddle boards and zipped across back in the day.
1: Yeah, they had, <laughs> they had inflatable bladders and stuff for life jackets. Right. And <laughs> uh, we'll never know. Uh, so,
0: why don't we leave the cold of the ice bridge and head on down to Egypt, shall we?
1: Yes. On our world tour. Now I know I know Egypt for two things now. Pyramids? And this. <laughs> pier, pier, pyramids and the
0: Sphinx. <laughs> <laughs> okay, three things. Three things now. <laughs> Egypt is responsible for more than 40% of the plastic waste dumped in the Mediterranean. That's staggering. Its iconic river is increasingly polluted, being the Nile. Mm-hmm. Collecting and selling waste plastic that is then reused is a way to compensate for lost income due to scarcity of fish as the dawn breaks over cairo islands of different sizes emerge in, emerge from the twilight and several fishermen begin their day on the nile paint the picture paint right. the picture it's i can beautiful see it morning beautiful morning <laughs> get these beautiful guys beautiful in their canoes morning. and that they're paddling out <laughs> in their boats <laughs> oh, it's awesome! It's a beautiful morning. Hear
1: the murmur and burble as the village, as brur, the towns, start to wake up, and dogs barking. Ro- and... Whoo, who.
0: <laughs> you want eggs with that? <laughs> uh, Arafa Saber and his brother Mohammed yeah. paddle uh, in silence m- through the calm waters. The river dampens the noise of the chaotic city of more than twenty million inhabitants that is beginning to wake up. Carefully, he casts his net and collects his catch. My father was a fisherman, and after he died, I started doing the same job, he says. But unlike his father, Arafa, who has been fishing for more than 25 years, seeks not only to catch fish from the water, but also increasing amounts of plastic. A
1: plastic fisherman.
0: A plastic fisherman. Saber lives on the island of Kersea, a small two kilometer stretch of land where about 5,000 people live, which sits in the waters of the Nile as if time has passed more slowly there. Many of the neighbors are originally from rural areas of southern Egypt and have been fishing or tending livestock for generations. Recent years, the presence of fish in the river has been decreasing due to pollution. So collecting plastic has become an increasingly common activity among the fishermen of the islands. Now I focus more on collecting plastic than fish to provide an income, but also to clean up the river. So they're out there in their in their canoes Mm -hmm. paddling along and they'll throw a net to try to catch some fish. But they're also throwing nets to catch plastic. They're throwing their nets to catch the plastic as (laughs) well and haul it all in. 40, 40%. 2019 study of the by the worldwide fund for nature concluded that egypt is responsible for more than 40 percent of plastic waste dumped into the mediterranean some of which comes directly from the uh, from the nile in total the research noted that the country dumps around 1.3 million tons of untreated plastics every year
1: that's insane 1.3 million tons of untreated plastics Tons, tons. Uh, uh, are, are we talking tunnies, are we call, talking? So this is this is a standard ton. Yes, yeah, standard. So ton. this is two thousand pounds. One point mm-hmm. three million standard tons. Wow, isn't that something? That's a lot of plastic. That's an insane amount of plastic. It is. Like you'd have to work pretty hard at it to get that much plastic into the river. Well, yeah. Uh,
0: fish that lived in the Nile are the direct victims of this problem. No comprehensive study has been conducted, but a small-scale research in 2020 dissected and examined the gastrointestinal tracts of a sample of two different species of Nile fish purchased from vendors in Cairo. So these are guys that are Catching so the they're fish just going and then to, selling them. Yeah, so
1: they're not taking fish from the rivers to test. They're just no. going to the market, cutting open, buying some fish in the market and cutting them open and looking in their internals. And it's like, whoa, there's a lot of plastic here. Study found more than 75% contained microplastics, one of the
0: highest levels in the world. Hmm. Oy. In an attempt to combat this invasion, a group of Egyptians began organizing weekly meetings in Cairo to clean the waters of the Nile. But the scale of the challenge was enormous. In 2018, they decided to promote the Very Nile Initiative by purchasing the plastic that the island fishing communities collect from the river. When the plastic project was born, I was working as a fisherman, so I decided to try to increase my income and also to clean the river Explains Saber, and this is one of those things that we that go back. We've talked about over the years is mm-hmm. taking pride in your waterway, exactly, and helping yeah, it yeah. become healthy yeah. and 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 taking you know taking the steps to help it out, not just leave it for somebody else. Before the initiative, the Nile was a very dirty place. He says now there's a big difference, not a hundred percent, but a thousand percent. There are more fish. The Nile is cleaner. The smell is better. Everything. Uh, One of the first to join the project was Arafa Gaber, not Arafa Saber, Arafa (laughs) Gaber, a 50-year-old fisherman born and raised on the island of Warak, north of Cairo. He began catching fish in the Nile during his first year at primary school under the wing of his father, the local fisherman's leader. Gaber noticed that pollution in the river began to be a problem 25 or 30 years ago and says the lack of income and future prospects for his profession convinced him to join the plastic fishing business. Says we have children and we want them to be educated. That's why we signed up. What I like most uh, is improving the Nile because the first people benefit from it are fishermen, But when it started getting very polluted, it affected the environment and it affected the fish, since plastic products are not easy to break down, he explains. He is in charge of collecting the plastic collected by a group of fishermen from the islands of Warwick and taking it to Cursaio where the very Nile facilities are located. Once there, the waste is separated, the bottle caps are removed and compacted, um, says Hannah Tohamni, who is in charge of raising awareness for the initiative. So it sounds like they're getting it down pretty. They, good. They're getting the science down. Yeah. They're
1: yeah. They they they're separating and you know, there's good plastics, bad plastics. The lower quality plastic mixture
0: is then fr- uh, sent free to a company in uh, Asiat, a city almost 250 miles from Cairo, where it is converted into an alternative fuel. While the higher quality plastic is sold to a recycling factory in Cairo, currently the project has more than a hundred fishermen from different parts of Egypt. Who work every day collecting plastics from the Nile? They collect between twenty and <laughs> thirty tons
1: per month. That's
0: twenty. That something? That's what
1: they're collecting. That's, that's every not month. All of it. There's no. still more there.
0: And, and the fact that you can get a hundred guys out there fishing every day mm-hmm. for plastics, yep. and make a living at it. <laughs> wow! To offer more opportunities to the to the inhabitants of Khorsaya. Kurs, uh, Some of the plastic that was removed from the Nile is used after being processed in a workshop that employs more than 20 people full-time, most of them women. The recycled plastic takes on new life to produce bags, computer cases, and other accessories. And we've talked about this, I think it was the Philippines. The same sort of thing, and they're making, like, bags and and all that stuff out of it. What was
1: the plastic they were collecting? It was, oh, uh, uh, inflatable stand-up paddle boards or something. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, all the time. During yeah. COVID, because they had to, it's like, well, we need a new form of income because we don't have tourists coming to use our paddle mm-hmm. boards. And so they started cutting up uh, old, old paddle ones, boards yeah. and making bags and stuff. Yeah. I almost bought some Rafts stuff for people stuff. at Christmas, but I wasn't so sure about that it would make it here.
0: Uh Um uh, Kamal. A resident of Kersaya, whose husband is a fisherman, is one of the four women who started working at the facilities when they were launched more than three years ago. Her family's situation at the time was beginning to get critical. The women of Kersaya do not usually work. Their husbands are fishermen, so there's not enough income, she says. um, She works mainly as a seamstress. Work here opened up our homes, our children's education, and fixed our lives as we lived under a lot of pressure. Aware that the fishermen of Cairo alone cannot take on the titanic challenge of cleaning the extensive Nile of plastics, Very Nile hopes to be able to replicate the initiative it launched in the Egyptian capital in other cities in the country, uh, whose population is concentrated almost exclusively along the narrow lifeline that the river forms until it reaches the Mediterranean. We are trying to make all models sustainable, and we want the impact to continue. That's why we're expanding to other cities. We started in Assyat, and as we are looking for fishermen in Mania, a city 155 miles south of Cairo, uh, Tohami explains. Back on the banks of the Nile, Saber comments that beyond the income, the initiative has also become a source of personal satisfaction. I am happy because my 6-year-old son likes the project. He comes with me and tells me that he is proud of what I do. Nice. So, again, I mean, it's it's helping the environment. It's taking pride in your... And it's feeding families. Yeah. I mean, these people are out there in their boats all the time yeah. making a, trying to make a living, right? And you think how much plastic you can carry in a,
1: a canoe. Well, you it, know? and it also makes you wonder about the entire source to see, the whole process of it. So, if there was... It, there's that much plastic going into the river every year mm-hmm. at a constant pace. So while there's people interested in the environment, cleaning up the rivers, trying to bring some of the fish back, there's also people who still don't care. They and just, just don't care. They just dump it. The, yep. the river is a way for garbage to go away. Is it the Ganges that...
0: It all collects, and then when the floods come, it washes it all. That's
1: in... We, yeah, we were look, We we Talk saw projects that. in Pakistan and... India. And, in India yeah. Pakistan where they were creating screens across rivers to collect all the washout when there's flash mm-hmm. floods from mountain rains.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but then there's, like I say, it all collects, and you're looking at how dirty it is, and they say, oh, well, when the floods come, it'll all wash it away, yeah. so it's not a big deal. Yeah,
1: it goes away. Well,
0: it is a big deal. Mm-hmm. So, so at least... By Cairo, yeah, they're they're starting to uh, take a handle of it as rem- much as they can.
1: I remember, so we've we've come through this as well here. I, I remember growing up in New Brunswick, and seeing commercials on TV where you know the family would be you know, fishing, or the you know they'd be on a fishing boat, and and the dad would be throwing garbage into the ocean, and uh, the, the little kid goes, "Dad, where does it go? Away, son. It goes away." And, uh, it, we've got away from that. We, yeah. you know, you, there's, it's no longer a way to get rid of garbage by dumping it in the ocean. Well, how many times were you ever out in a boat with, with your dad or your grandfather, or whatever,
0: and they smoke? Oh. And what do they do when they're done? They Break f- right, the cigarette yeah, butt exactly. out. exactly. And, and it lasts a thousand
1: years. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hmm.
0: Oh, um, closer to home. I went out for a paddle on yes. Saturday. how did that go? Awesome. Absolutely awesome. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, John Brower said, hey, let's, let's head on out. So, on a nice rainy Sunday morning. <laughs> Saturday. No, sun, yeah, Sunday morning. Yeah, you have Saturday here. I wrote Saturday, didn't I? Was it Saturday? I don't know. I wasn't there. No, you weren't. No, it was Sunday. Yeah, it was Sunday. Anyway, yeah, Sunday morning. Uh, it was pl- raining, mm-hmm. plus six degrees Celsius. Yeah. It's like a week
1: before Christmas, <laughs> for crying out loud. <laughs> it's a very mild winter this oh, year. yeah.
0: El Nino. Uh, water level is the lowest I have ever... Now, oh, I, yeah? I usually don't go down there in December, but the water was low. Huh. So there's a dock that they usually have in there. They take, yeah. out, they put in this spring, take out in the. And you're talking the,
1: Lake Ontario. You're talking Duffins Creek Duffins and Duffins Lake.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there there is no water there. The dock was huh. out,
1: but there was still no water. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: usually the water goes right up to the reeds along the sides. Hmm. The
1: spots there was ten to twelve feet of muddy bank before the reeds. Like I know they lower the water levels coming into winter. Through the Saunders Dam and area down the Saint Lawrence River, because we've had yeah, so this many is big floods. From north
0: heading south,
1: yes, but it backs up, right? Lake Ontario, Lake that—that's Saunders—is where they get most of the water mm-hmm. out of Lake Ontario. And uh, so, in past years, we've had at least three years we've had record high levels in the spring from the runoff. Maybe they're lowering it to prepare for the runoff.
0: Well, we didn't get out on the lake. But this is just the creek I was talking about. Oh, the creek. Well, the yeah. Creek but itself, the creek itself, yeah.
1: The creek feeds in the, the Lake Ontario being lower lets more water flow into mm-hmm. the creek, right? Yeah. So
0: we there were spots going farther up the creek where mm-hmm. my butt was hitting oh, the bottom yeah? of- the, So the creek is that so low. So that, yeah. The, I would say the creek is at least three to four feet we lower. Had a lot of rain lately. I know. I was in it paddling <laughs> in my dry suit there. Yeah. I got to use my, my hood for the first time. Hmm. I've never had to use the hood in my dry suit.
1: Because usually I don't paddle in the rain. Because everybody seems to be dealing with flood conditions right now. Like Apparently not Quebec us. and New Brunswick and down in Maine. and Australia. Like Australia, big time. Mm-hmm. Huh. Uh, there's one
0: large pond there. And it's usually four to five feet deep. Hmm. Yeah, like three quarters of it, a mud flat. Wow. Right now. And usually we, when we go up the river, we always come out and take a little peek at Lake Ontario. Maybe yeah. we go out about hundred feet or something, turn Mm -hmm. around, ride a couple of ways back or something. Uh, We can usually, we go under the bridge and straight out. Yeah. Yeah. There's a big (laughs) chunk of land there now. Wow. You got to zigzag around and there's about a six foot gap. You got to go left through this little gap to get out in Lake Ontario. And even that is shallow. That's something. Yeah. It's, but it was nice to get out on the water, even though it was raining. My dry suit, uh, like I say, it does have the hood. And so I stayed dry and warm the entire time. Got the boats down. Oh, and the the parking, mm-hmm. the parking they have there where we usually park there and it's right next to the dock, yeah. which is not in right now. Uh, that was all closed off. So we actually had to portage our, our kayaks.
1: Oh, through the yeah. reeds? No, or-
0: like through the parking lot, yeah. oh, down the trail, through the other parking lot. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, I should have brought the canoe. <laughs> Would have been easier. Uh so we got in there that muddy. There's one part I'm standing on the shore and I'm just slowly sliding oh, straight wow. towards yeah. the, the, the water. Yeah. Uh got into the water, got into my kayak you know, put my, my skirt on and did some wobbling back and forth, make sure I had my balance and pfft, off I went.
1: Hmm.
0: No problems whatsoever. Yeah. Even John's going like, you look so much calmer Yeah, than you did the, 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 the time we, we were got, out yeah. there. And it's just like that. And that makes me even wonder more. What was going about on? About what was going on. Yeah. Like, why did I have that panic attack? Yeah. Cause I'm, nothing's changed except location. Yeah. And it. You know, in this particular time, if anything, it should have been worse now because we still had the big winds. Yeah. Because it was windy. Yeah. And we had rain. Mm-hmm. And I don't huh. know. I, I've paddled on a cherry beach before, so that yeah. wasn't new. <laughs> so that just sort of makes me wonder,
1: like, what was going on yeah, that day? So strange. Just weird.
0: So, yeah, I jumped right in there and off we went all the way up and <laughs> zipped around and saw a couple of people still fishing and, and whatnot and came on back and we're hoping for a nice snow day because we said we'll take that the next aqua nice. we'll take the we'll take the canoes out next time and if the snow's there because mm-hmm. at least with the canoes you can like either pull up the river when it's shallow yeah. or yeah. even though the bottom's kind of muddy but yeah it is what it is so yeah so got out for a December a December kayak so now may june July August September October November December Ooh. eight months now in a <laughs> row so january february march April four months to go and I'll have yeah.
1: Well, every some, month. it's a mild enough summer. You might get it. winter. happen.
0: Yeah. yeah. Even somebody sent a picture of Algonquin Park the other day and it was like rain, no snow. Yeah.
1: Somebody posted a picture of Mule Lake Campground, and there's like one of the campsites was full of water. It's like,
0: That's not going to be too good when we're up there next week.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm thinking I should send them a note. Hey,
0: is uh, Lake of Two Rivers like uh, frozen over? (laughs) Or can I bring my canoe? Yeah, exactly, right? (laughs) (laughs) Go out for the day,
1: yeah. Temperatures are dropping. We're supposed to get more and more. So they do have some snow up north.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: we even had a little
0: bit of snow this morning when we went out, and, Mm -hmm. of course, uh, Athena went to baddie when she saw there was snow out there. <laughs> She's going to hurt herself eventually because she just starts running and doesn't yeah, realize yeah. she doesn't grasp the concept of ice oh, under yeah. the snow. So when she goes running and then all of a sudden oh, whoosh, slides she out, she just goes sl- Her back legs go out. Yeah. yeah. She just goes nuts. So, uh, story number three about <laughs> paddling with drugs. <laughs> we just start seeing them. They They're everywhere <laughs> now. up everywhere. So the uh, Adafoa detachment of the Riverine Command in the Ghana Navy intercepted a canoe suspected to be transporting parcels of substances. Suspected, <laughs> a whole lot. Of, it might be a possibility of being. Yeah, I know. I right? expected to be marijuana at the Agorpo General
1: Area. They seem to be premature getting the story out.
0: Right? It's like, oh yeah, we got something. So here's what here's what it is. We but just don't know what it is yet. Uh, <laughs> the operation was conducted in the early hours, based on intelligence gathering during night foot patrols from previous nights. A statement from the Ghana Armed Forces uh, noted that the detachment laid ambush at two locations from three a.m., waiting for the movement of the canoes. At about 4 a.m., the first ambush team sighted three canoes involved in the illegality proceeding at high speed past their location.
1: High speed. Well, so they, they were was, on foot. They were on foot.
0: You assume they were on foot. Well,
1: they say they're on foot. Uh, did they say they were on foot there? Yeah.
0: Unfortunately, the suspects did not proceed in the direction the the main ambush team as anticipated, so the first team of three men chased and intercepted the third canoe. The three suspects on the third canoe dove into the river and escaped, abandoning the canoe and its contents after a scuffle with the naval personnel. Other two canoes escaped towards the estuary and could not be apprehended by the main ambush team after a follow-up chase. Detachment confiscated 45 sacks of suspected marijuana yet to be weighed and valued the confiscated items have been conveyed to the naval base for further investigation. The picture they posted: these forty-five bags are like the size of green garbage bags. Oh yeah. So, so if that's from, lot. if that's Those from canoes were one, full. <laughs> one canoe. <laughs> so, what have we learned? If you need an escape, craft, if you need to paddle with drugs, <laughs> Use a the canoe. other two ones were kayaks, and they got caught. Yeah. This canoe one, you have a better chance. None two, of them. Two out of them of, got caught. Two out of two kayakers got caught. One out of three canoeists, but got caught. The
1: canoeists didn't get caught. They're both. Got They're both caught. got caught. They got away because <laughs> it's easier to get out of a canoe than it is a yeah. kayak. And a kayak, he could have just rolled. <laughs> it sounds like I'm a skit. Skipped. It sounds like a Benny Hill skit. Yeah, you just well, want to hear that music running in the background, right? The, the little <laughs> yakety sass going do, 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 as they all go skidding, skid, skid <laughs> her away.
0: Yeah, ever since we did that first one where the guys crossing from Canada into the states, now now apparently, well, think about it, are the the latest yeah. drug. Runner's choice of vehicle. But if
1: you think about it, they're they're quiet, they're low profile, they're close to the water, they they don't have give off much of a radar cross section. It's unless you're using Sticky. thermal, unless you're using thermal imaging, it, you're, the, it's hard to detect these guys. So it does make sense.
0: Or you walk into like your canoe shop and going, how many bags of drugs would this thing hold? <laughs> What size can you're
1: looking for? Well, I don't know. How many bags of drugs will this one hold? Yeah. Well, this hold, how, how many kilos would this hold? Why do you ask? Uh, asking for a friend. It's a Christmas I'm present. just curious. Just curious. No yeah. reason. Yeah. Hello. Police? Yeah. I might have something for you here. many <laughs> bricks can you load into yeah, this thing? Yeah.
0: Say by chance, theoretically, I had a bunch of bricks that were yay by yay by yay. And I wanted to stack them up. They're a rectangly shape, so they'll they'll sit there. What if I had like forty five green garbage bags? How many canoes would I need to haul that? That's incredible. Uh, anyway. So we'll go from drugs to violence. I still find it funny they call
1: them high speed craft. High speed craft. But again, they I were wanna, on foot. Well, yeah, gathered during the night foot patrols from previous nights. So no, it, that that was it said foot patrols. No, that was the foot patrols that found out where they were coming from. But they didn't say they had boats.
0: <laughs> they didn't catch them. The operation was conducted in the early hours, based on intelligence gathered during night foot patrols from previous nights. Yeah, but during but the 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 actual
1: well, they, raid, they never mentioned was in boats. They never mentioned they had their own boats. I think they were still on foot patrol. Maybe they were swimming. <laughs> Anyway,
0: regardless, <laughs> if they weren't in boats, maybe that would be a good plan for the next time.
1: <laughs> they should acquire the Acquire so, some high Note speed. Note to
0: self: We need high
1: speed canoes, canoes too. <laughs> with flashing lights. <laughs> oh, geez. Wee woo wee woo. <laughs> so
0: we've w- talked about uh, canoe polo before, yes. and how violent it is. I forgot about it. It was, must have been... Like, they put the ball in the middle, they blow the whistle, and two guys go towards each other in these little pointy
1: kayaks. Yeah. It's not
0: even a canoe, it's kayaks. They're,
1: it looks like they're trying to murder each
0: other. And, like, they'll hit each other, and you get the front of the kayak, and, like, one guy will get it right in the chest, and the yeah, other yeah, guy will yeah. get it in the head, yeah. and it's violent. <laughs> I was cringing. Wow. <laughs> Paddle Australia advises the canoe polo community of new arrangements to deal with disciplinary it's- issues arising from canoe polo competitions. This it's is just like lacrosse. So bad out there. Have you ever gone to watch professional lacrosse?
1: All uh, the the
0: whacking and hacking. Yeah. And how is that not a penalty? I, I gave up because like there's guys out there, and you swear they're going to break a leg because they're getting whacked with a stick. Yeah. Same deal here. Canoe polo is a dynamic form of paddling based on a competitive match play. Competition rules apply to all competitors, coaches, and officials to keep the sport safe and fair. Okay, Google canoe polo. Or canoe, canoe polo yes. And you tell me which part of this is safe. Well, he's wearing a helmet. <laughs> yeah. Under the new canoe polo competition, discipline, procedure, a player, coach, or official who engages in any prescribed behavior may be charged with a reportable offense. Any person is entitled to make a report. Officials are required to make a report if they believe there has been a reportable offense. Reports must be submitted online within seven days of the relevant competition. Serious reports may be... Are there unserious reports? Sears reports may be referred to a tribunal for determination, which may impose penalties if the charged person is found guilty, including suspension or expulsion from canoe polo competition. The full list of reportable
1: offenses as follows. These sound, reading through them, these sound like jailhouse rules. Offensive language or gestures. Verbal body or
0: language, which may be considered offensive, foul, or obscene, including swearing.
1: Like, these are not normal workplace rules. These are... This is canoe polo. (laughs) So, if you're out
0: there and you happen to swear, (laughs) verbal abuse, which is in anything now. Language or tone of voice, which may be considered insulting, attacking, or intimidating, includes sledging. Okay,
1: well, I have to look that one up because that's an Australian term. I've never heard of that. Uh,
0: Dissent. Failing to demonstrate due respect towards an official or... In relation to their official functions, for example, criticizing a referee's decision or failing to comply with the reasonable direction of an official. That's in every, oh, every, every sport. Oh, man, sport, Hockey, everybody on the ice would be gone. <laughs> Soccer, <laughs> hockey, football. <laughs> Property damage. Intentional or reckless damage to equipment or facilities. So I can see somebody yeah. trying to bust somebody's paddle or something like yeah. that. Unsporting or dishonorable conduct. Any other conduct which may be considered inappropriate includes serious or persistent acts of unsporting behavior, dishonorable play within the meaning of the ICF competition rules. (laughs) Within the rules, there's a lot you can do,
1: but some some things things you you can't. can't.
0: (laughs) Okay, you can spear the guy with the front of your boat, but don't hip check him. (laughs) Don't spear him with your paddle, right? Spear him with your boat, not your paddle. Your paddle. (laughs) This is the one that got me. Dangerous or unsafe play. Have you watched your videos? No. <laughs> Every everyone in those videos should be dinged with an offense. Oh, I know. Reckless or careless acts within or incidental to play, which unreasonably or unnecessarily place another player at risk or phys- of physical harm. Well, that Again, was all the videos I've seen. <laughs> have you watched your own videos. Assault. Intentional physical contact, see above, <laughs> or attempted contact with another person outside the norms of play, including grabbing, punching, slapping, bumping, headbutting, elbowing, kicking, and striking with an object. Kicking. People hit each other with the ball. Oh, yeah, how are you going to kick somebody? You're in a kayak. <laughs> You're in a kayak sitting down. Hang on, I'm going to stand. I got to jump over. I got to jump out and <laughs> kick this guy. <laughs> Uh, threatening Verbal or body language May be considered threatening Is an irrelevant uh, It is irrelevant whether the threat is genuine Or any other person Is in fact threatened Okay that's in a lot of sports now Spitting Ugh. <laughs> Spitting on at towards Or near another person
1: <laughs> I had pool water in my mother I a urine of
0: it yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm not going to because some of the things I've seen in pools and lakes, yeah, and scape- yeah. I'm not oh, going to get yeah. into that. Yeah. Because, yeah, uh, cause, yeah I'd, I'd, I'd report the guy myself. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing the game into disrepute. Dis- to <laughs> didn't know it had repute. <laughs> Any other <laughs> conduct which may reflect poorly on the sport of canoe polo includes serious and or repeated breaches of the ICF competition rules. For example, illegal play. I'm can, take, take it out to the street. Don't take have it here, the street, boys. Go to the parking lot when you're done. Contempt any conduct which may interfere with or undermine the authority of of performance of a tribunal. What? Okay, some of the... you know, most of that I'm gonna see, but some of them, some of the received- Watch your videos, people. You look, watch your videos, then reread this. Yeah, yeah. like. <laughs> I can see if, like I said, if I would love to put this. Okay, here is the new rules for hockey, boys. <laughs> this is the new rules for checkers. Hey, it's checkers night. <laughs> if if you were to take this to the to the NHL. Uh, oh, GM, actually, these GM would work. meetings yeah
1: these would work no half of these y- y- they were like no but that's normal we have to have this <laughs> you get beaten by the other general <laughs> managers you can't stop the fun that's what yeah. people come watch On for unsportsmanlike
0: <laughs> or dishonorable contact you cannot hit somebody else <laughs> well, wait a minute
1: that's, what, that's the whole point
0: <laughs> so uh, you know what? they're they're trying to make the I guess it's just getting a it could that's it's what getting means, just getting hand, out of I hand think. like yeah. I say we 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 joke about it but you watch some of these videos And you're like oh, oh that's
1: that's <laughs> brutal I was cringing full contact I saw somebody get hit in the head with a kayak and his helmet flew off yeah it's that's like, the kind oh. of thing they got to be talking about yeah
0: you know there's got to be people that just get so riled up they just make yep. a beeline for yep. everybody and anything. <laughs> You know, just like the guys that get the the ten game suspension in the NHL. <laughs> hey, dude, yeah, you're yeah, park the boat, you're yep. done, you're done for the season. Uh, let's head to Minnesota. We're all over the world today, aren't we? We are. We are everywhere. Minnesota. Uh, for over fifty years, a local nonprofit has been taking high school kids on a life changing experience. Now, before we go any further. Mm-hmm. In my son's school, they had the outdoor club so they would take the kids out at the in the spring or the fall yep. whatever for like a week long trip yes. or 5 days or something like that, which is really cool. Right? School thing. This is this is awesome. A lot of schools do it.
1: There are a lot of schools do it. Like yep. I know yep. Kevin Cullen does it for troubled youth. Um yeah, there's there's a lot of these programs out there.
0: Yep. Yep. They'll go for a week or something like yep. that. Les Voyageurs Inc., based in Sartell, Minnesota. They take grade 10 through 12 uh, students on a month-long canoe trip. That's a long trip. Into the remote wilderness of Canada. Hmm. And you look at some of the trips on
1: their website. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we're going to the Hudson Bay. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, they the have, price makes more sense now. Then,
0: well, they have over three thousand alumni since the program be- began back in nineteen seventy one. Only three thousand? Yeah. Well, you got to figure small how many small groups. Small group. Oh, definitely small groups. Program director Jack Jack Grabinski says the cost is two thousand nine hundred U.S. per person. I assume that's U- American but includes most of the gear you need to survive in the wilderness for a month. I don't like that part, to survive. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, uh, kids, how'd We're you like? You b- might <laughs> come back. There's no guarantee. We're only bringing just enough to survive. Yeah, there yeah. will be no fun.
0: Yeah. yeah. This is what
1: you need to survive. There's no luxuries.
0: Yeah, yeah it's about your son. He had a great time up until he didn't.
1: So I didn't know. I didn't know it was a month long. It, yeah. So at first I was thinking twenty nine hundred bucks U S. It's a lot of money, and it's a nonprofit. But that sounds, sounds like you make a profit. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's a it's month a long trip. So that's different. That's yeah. That's pretty huge. Three grand for a
0: month long trip. I'll send my kids on that. Uh, I would send me on it. Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> 10th grade, um, do you go by age or
1: <laughs> what if I'm still in the 10th yeah, grade? <laughs> maybe I just had trouble graduating. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can't discriminate anymore, right? I, I, I've returned to school to uh, finish my grade 12. Yeah, I want my grade 12 <laughs> and I'm going to go on this course. I, I didn't get my grade 12 math.
0: Grabinski says they also do a lot of pre-planning and preparing with the group months before they go. The program is unique to Minnesota and really the only program of its type in the country. Grabinski went there as a student. He was uh, when he attended Sauk Rapids Rice High School. Then became a guide. He says students need to learn to work together and communicate with each other, and have no communication outside their group. Huh? Which now, when I was a teenager, I was sixteen. I did a air crew survival course.
1: Oh yeah, I remember right? you telling me about that.
0: Uh, so you do all the training to survive mm-hmm. in case your airplane crashes yeah. in the northern Alberta um, wilderness. And then they put you in a group of a group of four. What time of year? Uh, this would have been August. Okay. So in August, we're 181 kilometers north of Edmonton in the middle of nowhere.
1: Wow. Group of four,
0: and you are no contact with anybody else. Hmm. And you have to survive for the week. That was awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so when they're, when they're doing these trips and you've just with your group and your group alone, no communication with any, an outside of their group,
1: that's a good, good learning
0: well, experience. Well,
1: if you're far off in the wilderness, it's not like you have cell phone coverage and. No, you know. but they're
0: satellite phones. I'm like, oh, can I call my mom yeah. or something like that? Or, right? Crews of nine people, including the trained guides, will be leaving this summer. They have both boys and girls crews. Interested students can attend one of several informational meetings through January. Uh, Lesvoyageurs.org for more information. LES-voyageurs.org for more Hmm. information. That sounds cool, though. It does. Now, see, I I look at stuff like this thinking, oh, where was this when I was going to school?
1: And you'd have to be a student to do this like yeah. a month. I couldn't take a month off work. No,
0: but I mean, you, they do it in the summer, right? Mm-hmm. You're on a summer holidays. Yeah, hey, kids are off anyways. Yeah, exactly. And you, and you think, and there's parents thinking, <laughs> buh bye. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> take my child. See you suckers. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, talk about it. if especially if you're like if, I'm with my kids. This would have been fantastic for my kids because mm-hmm. we're all outdoorsy, right? Yeah. Yep. And they were into the canoeing and they're into the, the camping and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And they were in the summers and when they were teenagers. Did they
1: say age range?
0: Grade 10 to grade 12. Huh. So what's that? Like 16 to 19 or something? Or something like 17 that. 17 to 19? Yeah. I don't know. How old 16, are
1: they? Grade 10? 16 to something, yeah. yeah.
0: Hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe It'll be 16. You maybe, just, maybe you need to move to Minnesota. You pay your money, you get to go anywhere. See? You just contact them and say, yeah, I'm not in the U.S., but here's my money. And they'll say, okay, we'll take your money. <laughs> How many people do you need on your trip? Well, wow, we're short a person. <laughs> oh, my friend. So uh, nine people groups. I guess there's three people per canoe. Yeah. Hmm. Very interesting. I'm keeping this right? piece of paper separate. I'm saving that one. Just uh, get rid of your kids. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Uh, and that is it. That's all I've got this
1: week. Oh. Right? Yeah, this is one of our shorter shows for the- <laughs> It is. For, it for, is. For, for in a while. We need to start, we need to just get some advertising out there. Get some commercials. Who wants to advertise with us?
0: Um, how about Pauliner and Munchen, Weiss <laughs> beer? Yes, yes I, I did. Munich,
1: Munich beer. <laughs> Last time I picked up beer, I I did a European tour. I said, "Oh, Polish beer, German beer. I think there was some, some, uh, uh, but there was Polish and German and something else.
0: No, we haven't got to
1: Austrian, it, maybe. Yeah,
0: yeah. So still look- looking for that airline tour uh, beer. airline.
1: Oh, we need a, yeah, we need a beer yeah. and an airline sponsor. Yeah, beer and an airline <laughs> sponsor. Those be awesome. Uh, you got anything else?" I do not. Why not? <laughs> because I don't. It's Christmas. It is Christmas. So the next time you guys hear from us... It'll be, it'll be after, after Christmas. Be after Christmas. Yeah. We just have to decide when we're going to
0: record. I, you know what? I didn't even ask for anything outdoorsy for Christmas this year.
1: <laughs> I, I never ask for anything <laughs> for Christmas. <but laughs> I, I, if I get socks, somebody's going to die. I... Uh, I found some stuff that I wanted and I brought it home and I said, Here, wrap this up, give it to me for Christmas. It's <laughs> the best way. At least you're getting what you want. I'm getting exactly right? what I want. <laughs> you got forty bucks? Yeah, here. Here. Yeah. And there's the present. <laughs> wrap it up for me. You just you just bought me a present. No, this is my and... bad memory. I won't even know what I'm getting. Oh I forgot I got that. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I haven't done any shopping for any I haven't even really thought of it. We just put our tree up today. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's like
1: <laughs> not even a week before Christmas, and <laughs> we just put our tree up.
0: I did put some uh, decorations up outside.
1: Yes, I saw that. You're yeah. you're you're falling way behind your neighbor, right? Yeah, your our neighbor
0: looks like Christmas puked on his front lawn. <laughs> like there's no. Yeah. There, there's <laughs> there's no, no rhyme or rhyme reason, or reason at yeah. all. Yeah, yeah,
1: it, yeah. There's no plan to it. It's a, it's like there's some some weird stuff up in some up a second floor windows, and there's a there's like it, it looks like somebody stood back from twelve feet and just whipped stuff at the right? uh, basketball have, net in the tree. And have you ever do you play
0: Uyghur? I do. And if somebody plays a guy, oh, I. Didn't mean to play that card. What's laid is played. Yes. That's exactly what it looks like they Did their front yeah. lawn. They stood on the porch, That's threw funny. all the lights out like a fishing net. No, nope, can't move it. No. Nope. What's laid is played. <laughs> <laughs> Plug them in from there, baby. Hope your neighbors don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> There's some good good ones around our neighborhood, some lights. Yeah. Um, Athena is not, she barked at the snow. She stalks and barks at snowmen. Yeah there's around the corner, there's a set of reindeer and they're on at nights. So when we're, (laughs) if we're doing a night walk, she just ignores them, but they're on timers. Yeah. So when you do your 6am walk, they're off. Yeah. So she stalks them. (laughs) So, if we're ever in the woods and she sees a deer, that may be an issue.
1: <laughs> there's <laughs> Unless they light up, of course. <laughs> in, in, in our neighborhood, there's a couple of people. Again, they're on timers. And so, depending what time of day it is, you have a, a nice, happy Christmas scene, or it looks like a murder scene, because you see all these collapsed, inflatable oh, Santas. Oh, yes, <laughs> <It's> like, yes. <laughs> was there a drive-by here? What's going on? All these dead Santas <laughs> on the on the lawn, deflated, and... Yeah.
0: Awesome time of year, isn't it? And it awesomely looks awesome, awesome, awesome with no snow. <laughs> <laughs> it just sort of throws the whole vibe right I know. Right it's right not off. right. It's just not right. Yeah. But the dog likes it. <laughs> Seeing things out there and barking. Yeah. Oh, there there is a Santa that's sort of tucked away to the side at somebody's house, and she just looks at it like she's ready to yeah. go. Because it's not—it's just other light, so it looks like somebody's standing
1: in the shadow. Oh, somebody's just right. There's a skulker oh, there oh, or something.
0: On? So it's like it's, just let her go.
1: Just like with kids, enjoy these years. Because in a few years, she won't give a crap, right? <laughs> yeah, no, she'll just go up, attack the deer, and then continue on the walk. <laughs> rip off, rip off an inflatable <laughs> leg. <laughs> How's your walk? Well, we own a Santa now. Yeah, we have to buy the neighbor <laughs> yeah. an inflatable Santa Claus. Yeah, you remember that twelve-foot
0: Santa. Next door, yeah, we own it. We own the broken one. We have to buy a new one for the neighbor. <laughs> oh man, it's a good time. So, so uh yeah, there's lots of like uh, there's lots of other holidays and that that are around. So whichever one you celebrate right uh, this coming season, uh, happy holidays to everybody. Absolutely. Hope everybody has a good time. Hope everybody gets lots of uh
1: stuff they want <laughs> and can use. I don't want anything. I just want to enjoy my life and home time with my family.
0: I want beer and chocolate. <laughs> beer and chocolate. You can't go wrong. <laughs> Give me a chocolate bar. Cherry yeah. cordials. <laughs> love them. Cherry blossoms. Oh, love them. Love them. Okay, chocolate bars. Love them. It's food, food, food. It's food, food. <laughs> food, yeah. Food. Gotta like food. I love food. Other than that, uh, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at PaddlingAdventuresRadio.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can download or stream all our episodes on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Podbean, Player FM, iHeartRadio, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. Or you can go to the episode page at PaddlingAdventuresRadio.com and you can stream or download all our episodes there. I got to do that... Is it Spotify has that... Um, Spotify rap. Oh. And they tell you how you did all season, all year. Oh, yes. Last, I've heard about that. But it's that. only Spotify. Yeah. Not. not for, I, n- I never it, go on Spotify, so. Yeah. If we just did Spotify. So I'm going to go see what we've done all year on Spotify. <laughs> it tells you how many countries have listened to you. Oh, and, yes. And how many yeah. people, you're their number one podcast and. Oh, but again, oh, that would be
1: interesting. I want to see that
0: just from Spotify. Yes, but all the rest of the place because we hosted ourselves on our own server.
1: But our own server gives IP addresses. We can tell where people are. Oh listening. yeah, if we want that. But Spotify yeah. gets a nice little yeah, yeah, yeah
0: display. Yes, and it does a little fancy thing yeah. presentation for you. <laughs> so until our server does that, yeah. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, please share it with your friends, family, and fellow paddlers. I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley.
1: And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time.